Welcome to the Scaling Therapy Practice. In this episode, we cover a lot of ground about builders and builder types, and some of the main topics are gonna to be scaling is different for every therapist. Your personality and your phase of business impacts your builder type, and don't get caught in the trap of comparison. Uh, one of my favorite co quotes from this episode was, don't compare your middle to somebody else's end or don't compare, even don't compare your beginning to somebody else's end. So it's easy to do and it can trap us into uh, def feeling defeated. So anyways, let's get started with the episode. Psych Maven is proud to support the Scaling Therapy Practice Podcast. And if you are someone looking for ideas that are tailored to your own personal style on how to scale and grow your own impact and income as a mental health provider, we hope you might check out our free online assessment. If you go to stp.psychmaven.com, you can take our free personal inventory and find out what your builder type is as a helping professional. This assessment is quick and fun, and it comes with tons of customized resources with your results, so you can discover the best ways to scale that match your own personality. Find the assessment at stp.psychmaven.com. That is stp.psychmaven.com. P-S-Y-C-H-M-A-V-E-N.com. Have fun with it. Welcome to the Scaling Therapy Practice, a podcast dedicated to helping private practice owners grow their business without the grind. Tune in and join the conversation as we explore how to leave an impact on the world while building a thriving and sustainable therapy practice. Welcome to the Scaling Therapy Practice. This is James Marland. I'm with Dr. David Hall. Hello, David. Hi. And today we're gonna, our topic is, what is your therapy builder type? We have a mm. quiz that identifies four, four types of builders, the system builder, the team builder, the community builder, and the opportunity builder. So David, what is this quiz that helps people identify their builder type? Well, if you've listened to any episodes before, or even just this episode, you probably would have caught me talking in the, in the intro about our quiz for the builder type. And James did tell you what the answers would be, but you don't necessarily know what yours is. You know, this was, as I was writing this quiz out and my wife, who's a fellow therapist, she was watching me do it. She goes, so you're making a BuzzFeed. I'm like, no, this is something different. This is something. And she's like, yeah, this is a BuzzFeed quiz. And it kind of is. If you go through, if you haven't taken it yet, we've tried to make it fun. It, but also kind of clear for therapists is they're trying to identify themselves in their journey. And this isn't a personality quiz. I want to clarify. Right. Because this quiz really is, it's even less about like, how are you? I mean, some things you may discover are more or less you all the time. But some of it is just kind of where you are, what is your building acumen or desire in this phase? And so if you've already taken the quiz and gotten a result, you know, and you implement some things, take it again, you might come up with something different. But so to, to highlight, one of the things that James and I, I think we've talked about this before in previous episodes, in thinking about scaling is 
Oftentimes, people think that scaling looks like one thing in mental health. If you're working in the mental health profession, it looks like one thing. They may think, okay, like, I what need would to that be, yeah, yeah, like I need to find uh, more therapists, and I need to start a group practice, or I need to start an online course, or I need to, and and those are ways to scale. Start a membership community, mm -hmm. or add a, a nutritionist to my office, or get a testing psychologist. Mm -hmm. Like that's the only way, like to build my practice that like, mm. yeah. Yeah. And we would just say that that is a way to build your practice, but we want to highlight for people that there's more than one way to, to build. And as a way to kind of help people narrow down, particularly at the beginning, because one of the things that can be difficult is if presented with all ideas, it could feel a bit overwhelming. It could feel like, well, which, which is the idea that I need to start with? And so that's, we created this quiz so people can identify a bit more of their style and decide like, okay, what is it that fits best for me in this time and place and, and so on? Uh, so yeah, in that, um, you know, there are the different sorts in there. Um, you know, sometimes it's going to lean more towards an extroverted personality style or introverted personality style. Sometimes it's going to be for people that really enjoy a certain level of simplicity. Sometimes it's people that kind of like to mix it up and that like a certain level of chaos may be too strong of a word, but they, they like activities. <laughs> so, yeah. So what you're saying is some of the, some of the options or where they're going to end up is based on what they, they like, or they're, they're naturally drawn to. Like if you're drawn to people, you're going to end up maybe on the team building one that would be your natural but but also there's a second component is where you are in your business right now is also going to play a part of the outcome for you as well yes because you may have established certain things and I'm, i won't tell too much of what the different sorts are because we want everyone to take the quiz right so right you're, we're going to leave some mystery in this but there are certain answers that make more sense for people in certain phases or there's certain test results that make sense for uh, more sense for people in certain phases, um, either in their phase of career right. uh, or just the things they've implemented. Because there's certain things that are a certain bit of order that uh, like certain ones are more inclined for people who like um, they're maybe still figuring out what their own therapy practice looks like. And they're not necessarily looking at how they're going to develop therapy practice for other people. And so your, your quiz results are going to probably lean in that direction. But once you reach certain thresholds, we'll say, you might end up getting some different answers if you take the quiz. So like, again, this is one of the quizzes you can take multiple times and you, different days you may feel differently. And I know for my phase, you know, part of building this quiz is I realized in going through it that I could honestly answer in the affirmative or the negative in different phases of my career or in different days. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I definitely have some leanings that are more predisposed, but we don't treat this like a person, you know, this isn't like Myers-Briggs or the Enneagram as a personality inventory that you are this thing. But it is a way for people to identify, I want to build, I want to scale. What's the types that that are most accommodating for me, whether in my personality or in the phase I find myself in. Yeah, and that, and that can be different at different times. So 
Should I say what I got when I took the quiz? Because I just recently took it. No, because I like oh, that mystery oh, kind of mystery. in that. Okay. You, could, you could say. So, but, so I, but I would experience... say, but you could talk about the experience of taking yeah. the quiz because you took so it today. So there were some the questions time. that I could have gone either way. Um, and I felt like the my my responses were accurate. But then there was another option that I was like, well, I think I could do that as well. Mm -hmm. And the the results are going to give you. Well, I think I'm I'm skipping ahead, but the results are going to give you your primary one, but you're also going to be able to look at some of the others too, mm -hmm. right? Yes, and you'll be able to because the when you take the quiz, you may have the sense that like for a lot of these things, I was on the line for, and I could have just as easily answered C as I did right A, and you were not going to hide it from you. Uh, or I mean, after you take the quiz, <laughs> right now there's going to be a little bit of mystery. It's like dating. We got to. Yeah. Gotta keep it. Gotta, get, yeah, we gotta keep the 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 mystery kind of in there. But yeah, you might discover and and ultimately we want to be clear too, this was not a deeply scientific process. There was a certain amount of, of therapist intuition that went into building this, but I would not submit this to a doctoral committee at this point for verification. So you you kind of feel your way through it. But yeah, one of the things you said for James. That, that as you and I talked about after it was, there was this idea of like, there's this one question about, do you want to manage people? Mm -hmm. And you said, James, well, that depends. And like, sometimes it depends on the day. I, wa I wanted something in the middle and it was like a true fault. And I'm like, well, there, yeah. there are times that I love being in a team and I think you can accomplish so much more when you have a group of people motivated to mm -hmm. get to a place. But then I also understand hiring you know, do I want to hire? Do I mm -hmm. want to do do these things? It's it's like the the reality and somewhat some of the pain sometimes is mm -hmm. there. And so I was like, oh, I need something in the middle for this answer. I, I have, you know, I am generally a very extroverted person. And that's something in my personality that, that comes up pretty strong. But it's interesting of how that comes into play. And here's a practical example of how this is to work as a therapist. I think of a friend of mine, Steve. He's a psychologist in my community and, you know, really well regarded in his work and what he does. And I was connecting with him a few years back and he had, I had met him through some local association things and, but he had some specialty sorts of uh, uh, qualifications that made him a natural referral partner for me. And so I really tried to cultivate some more time with him and we had lunch one day and I reached out to him and. He was in the process of, he was doing keto or something. And he said, well, I can't really go out very easily, but can we eat in my office? I'm like, sure. So I went out to his office and he was just in a suite on his own. He had like, you went into the office suite. There was a small little waiting room mm -hmm. and then an inner office further, further in. That was just his office. And that was it. It was just him. And we're there. And I'm like, Steve, do you, do you like this? Do you like being on your own? And he's like, oh, I love it. He talked about, like, I love being able to come and just being able to see my clients and not be distracted. And for me, that would be a very distressing way to work. Right. I, I like being around people. I like, and beyond just my clients, I like being around other therapists. I really, and that's a pretty consistent thing for me. However, I'm not always consistently feeling like being a boss. Mm -hmm. I am a boss. And, but, and so the other therapists I work around work for me. and. 
sometimes it's it's great it's, right. you know, whether it's financially I, I get a lot of I appreciate the initiative and leadership I, I like mentoring generally I enjoy being a supervisor but there are times where the responsibility right is is difficult so I there's certain times that I think of like well what I can't ever imagine. So the example is I can't ever imagine being like my friend Steve in a solo suite. But I can imagine um, in different circumstances being quite comfortable being in like a therapist co-op mm -hmm. or being in shared office space with other people. I, I don't want to be on my own, but how much I want to be responsible changes. Yeah, and, I, I definitely hear. I definitely yeah. hear that. I yeah. love being around people. I don't. I don't like cleaning up messes that other people make because they didn't follow the rules. Well, and, and even then I find like one of my most productive times to work is I, I have a fairly large office building I'm in and we've got a fairly large therapy team, but I'll often come in. I'll either be here late at night. I'm a bit of a night yes. owl yeah, and it's quiet and yeah. I get into a different work rhythm where I will, I'll turn on music. You know, I'll, I'll mm -hmm. do different things and I, it's not that I never want to be on my own because one of the things I struggle with is if I'm trying to get a task done, that isn't me doing a session. If I'm trying to write something, I will actively seek distraction and I'll just wander the hall, see like who's out. I'll find somebody to talk to. It's not always like, cause I'm desiring that. So it's, again, we assume in this quiz that anyone taking it is not an overly one-dimensional sort of person. Right, right, right. It's not all or nothing. Yeah. But we wanted it to be a lead-in to thinking about, as you're interested in scaling, we wanted a lead-in for people that gave them very practical ideas that are the most fitting for their phase of career, for their temperament uh, inclinations, mm -hmm. for their uh, desires for where they are right now. There are certain things that people may be looking to simplify versus you may be and and so you're going to get a different answer if you give a higher prioritization to simplification versus you're looking for a challenge mm -hmm. and um so again we encourage you to take it you know take it multiple times and try out different answers and see what uh, that comes up with because you know it, it's it's really designed to be inspirational in the sense of i to give ideas and to give ideas that feel really achievable because I think one of the things that's so difficult is we can hear things or read something. And I was thinking about this recently about the book series, Lord of the Rings, which I love and I love the films. Yeah. But here's the issue I had, because I'm also a fiction writer. I've done that for fun. I did not read the Lord of the Rings the first time and had any idea that I could approach that because I read them the first time when I was in college. And I knew enough of the background to know that like J.R.R. Tolkien had created this like entire world with its own languages and this idea that I could create consistent languages. Oh, when you compare yourself to that, yeah. you're, you're going to be like, well, why should I even start? Yes. And I tell you what really inspired me to start writing was reading simpler books. When I read the Harry Potter series in my 20s for the first time, that was more inspirational to me in because I felt I could write something comparable. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel I could write Lord of the Rings. Right. But right. I when it, yeah. I could read other things and be like, I think I could do that. And that's that was one of the ideas that we had in, for me at least, in, in kind of approaching this, is we want things to feel like 
yeah, I can do that. I can do that. Yeah. 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 Perfect. That, that, it, that is, uh, when people get to a certain spot and they think about growing the, the amount of options and the, the scale of difficulty, especially when you compare yourself to somebody who's been doing it for 13 years or, or whatever. And they, they, they probably started where you are, but they, they grew and kept at it. I think of, I'm creating some, some resources for course creation. And I, I look at the people like Amy Porterfield and Graham Cochran and um, Jacques. Oh, I'm going to get his name wrong. Hopkins. Hopkins. They, they've been doing it. So they tell you how much they make. They make millions of dollars, but they've been doing it for 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. And they started out at a different place, but they started with something that they could do. They started with something that was interesting to them. And that solved a problem for somebody else. And so then they grew over time. When you think, when you compare, and this is the trap, right? You compare yourself to somebody who's done it. And then you're like, well, why should I even start? But that's not mm -hmm. what we're trying to do here. We're trying to give you like, what is the starting point for building at this stage or at with this personality or uh, bent? Yeah, I think of, and I may butcher this quote, but our mutual friend, Gordon Brewer, Practices right. Therapy Podcast. But this is a quote that he often says, that don't compare your start to somebody else's middle. Mm. And I think oftentimes- I love that. We'll, don't yeah, compare we'll your see, start to somebody else's middle. Yeah. We'll see somebody else in midstream. Right. And feel like, I'm not there. And <laughs> trying to imagine being there, but that they weren't there either. No, that they was their Yeah, that was their start. And- I think the other thing is is we'll have this idea of these kind of massive uh, ideas of, of what something could look like. And, and there are lots of different things in scale that I think about. And I'll give two examples. I was reading something the other day of, of Mr. Beast, who anyone oh, with children. Uh, there's a doc. There's a there's a sorry to interrupt. There's like yeah. an hour long documentary or something on YouTube about him. Mm -hmm. It is so inspirational that. But he spends millions per yes. episode right. in what That's he does. True. And so his revenue is huge, but his expense is huge. And it's all and and that just represents such a rarefied sort of level. And I, there are lots of kids I know that look at that. My nephews are super into watching Mr. Beast. <laughs> but this idea of like, that's what I want to be. But. I can think of somebody else. I know somebody um, with a, uh, a monetized social media platform. It is, they have sponsorship. It is very niched. They, they don't have millions of followers. They don't have hundreds of thousands of followers. They have a few tens of thousands of followers, but just a few, but it's very niche. It speaks very to a, a very specific group of people. They're pretty consistent. They have a, like a good relationship with their audience and through sponsorship, you know, they're making multiple five figures out of sponsorship. Mm that and this person's not making millions but they they are making they are making equivalent to just their sponsorship in this to what many therapists make in their full-time jobs and this person has another full-time job on top of this this isn't the only thing they do for their livelihood and i think sometimes we have this idea like i need millions of followers or i need oh yeah to, to be making you know this much money we want to inspire people in this idea if you do something different 
how might it, and, and I'll give a personal example for me. Like one of the things that I started in my desire to scale was early in my career. I was, I uh, was in my late twenties, early thirties. I started a continuing education seminar business. It was just in person, partly because there were fewer things online back then, but it was just right. in person. And I remember like the first independent event I did, I made a few hundred dollars in profit. But that was exciting to me because that was a few hundred dollars in profit for something I was trying for the first time. And then very quickly, I got pretty consistently at getting a few thousand dollars in profit per event. And so that was a huge uh, contributor to my income. And I was able to kind of, and over time, I've been able to scale that. And I'm able to do things in more consistently profitable ways and stuff that has less overhead and less risk. And But even at the very beginning, I'm not even talking about where I am now in that business, but even where I was at the beginning was it was profitable and it was a, it was a great add-on to my uh, income, which allowed me to scale in different ways because as I was making more money doing seminars, I was less dependent on my work as a therapist because at the time I was employed in a group practice mm -hmm. and my only source of income before the seminars was my client fees was or what I got for seeing clients. And that I was able to lessen my caseload, which was one of my goals. I was able to decrease my caseload by quite a bit and spend energy in a different place and overall got further ahead financially. So it doesn't have to be big. It just has to be something. Yeah. And you grew it. You grew it over time. It wasn't, yeah. you didn't, you're, you're, you're what, 10 years into this journey, 15 years into your journey. Yeah. And, and part of where I teach people too, and where we have offerings that we have certain free offerings that come when you complete the quiz and, and have opportunities to, to access, you know, I, I share with people things I did because I could do it faster now. Right. Part of it was, is I, I, I was able to grow it in a certain pace in 10 years, <laughs> but that doesn't mean it's going to take somebody else 10 years. Right. It just took me 10 years because I didn't know what I was doing and so, I didn't have any mentorship in it. So, yeah, let's talk about the outcomes then of the quiz. Um, one of the outcomes is some more direction for helping yes. you build your path. Yeah. The first outcome is we give you just kind of a summary of what the, your type is and what are the different activities, scaling activities specifically for this builder type. And we just, that's as simple as that of ideas. But then past that, we have other free resources we want to give you about what does it look like to specifically implement some of them. And like I talk about well, some of the things that I offer, depending on your quiz results, is uh, we have offerings around like group practice or, uh, you know, starting to put together like an online course or yeah. retreats. Or I talk about my process as starting to do CE events, which you know, was fun. I still find it fun. Uh, and there's a sense of, I, I talk with people about it all the time and they're often figuring out how do I approach that? Cause they don't have a, a sense of like, how does one even begin that process? And right. Yeah. I didn't know either. I just kind of figured it out, but I like, I like sharing with people the things I figured out because it can, uh, people can do it. It's not a, you don't have to be a very successful author or well-known podcaster to make a good living off doing seminars. And uh, one of the, one of the things I think we want to point out and we've said it before is that like all, all outcomes are valid, right? I mean, yeah. all, 
all of the the endpoints of this this quiz that says what you're kind of bent towards or what you're at you're experiencing in your business at the moment that you there there's not one that's better than the other or one that mm-hmm. is like the good answer you know oh i want yeah. the good answer from this quiz there's they're all valid to help people grow and scale their business one of the things i say I say this in therapy a lot, but I also say it in supervision and different teaching settings is you can be a great version of you or a mediocre version of somebody else. And mm-hmm. I think oftentimes people have this vision of somebody else that they think they're supposed to be. And it may or may not be congruent with your natural desires, temperament. And I, I mean, I'm a group practice owner and I have more employees than I thought I would probably at some point, but I, I, it's still pretty modest compared to a lot of people in a lot of industries. Like currently at the time of recording, I co-own a practice with my wife and we've got four, 15 therapists that work for us. Uh, that wasn't a slip. Like there isn't anybody that, <laughs> that, that <laughs> but like the, uh, uh, if any, if any of my people are listening at this point, <laughs> it, it, it is, uh, but we have 15 people. So there are 17 of us total as a team. And there's a lot to manage in that. At different yeah. Times. But uh, my brother uh, runs a development company. They do construction and they run and operate apartment complexes and assisted livings. He has got hundreds of people that directly or indirectly report mm. to him. That I have a lot of admiration for it. But yeah. that the idea of that feels overwhelming to me. I do not want that. But there's some people who are like, oh, I wish I could manage a team yep. of 100 people. Like, that is my dream. Absolutely. And if you're that person, we want to, like, add rocket fuel to the things that yeah. will take you on that journey. But don't feel you need to be that person. Right. And you need to be the best version of you. And what we want is to help through the quiz and through other things we offer in this podcast to help you discover what are the options that may let you be? And it's not singular even. Like I've, uh, I have some clear ideas in my own journey about the things I don't want to do. These are different things that I, I, I have, you know, done and shifted energy towards and been more focused on at different times. And, and to James's point, those were valid outcomes. They weren't wrong turns for me. Right. I don't think they were just different things manifested in different seasons. So this is this is more of a. Uh, we didn't prepare for this question, but why do you think people accept the lesser versions of themselves? Like your quote, you know, mm-hmm. why do they accept being what somebody I else think, wants them to be instead of what they could be? Um, gosh, that's that. We're getting to a therapy session now, James. Uh, <laughs> well, it's the. You... I, I think some of it is is some of us are more susceptible to what we feel is the is the expectations of others. Um, depending on where we are in our developmental journey and depending on who was around us speaking certain outcomes to us, we may feel like, of course, this is what it has to be. Mm-hmm. But in in other angles and other perspectives, um, I do think we elevate certain roles over others. We go to conferences or we listen to podcasts or we read a book and we have this idea. We We see certain people more than we see others. And we also make false assumptions, I think, about what it means to be that person in their lifestyle or their income. For example, 
I've known people that have had different levels of success as writers and authors, particularly in, in, in the therapist, the mental health space. And if you had asked me earlier in my career, like what having this book meant for them financially, how I would have answered would have been incorrect. Or how, you know, I, I assumed that authorship was more lucrative than mm -hmm. it was. And, and I, I want to qualify this. Being an author can be quite lucrative, but not necessarily in the ways that people think. There are very few people that make a lot of money directly off their book sales independently. They make a certain amount of money off their book sales, but not where I've seen authors be able to monetize their books a lot better is it leads them to speaking engagement ah, mm -hmm. or it leads them it's to the doors. It opens for them. It's the doors. It's, it's the book. A, a book yeah. is a really good business card. I didn't understand that though from the onset. I thought like this, it was about writing a book and getting out there. And the book's really kind of the beginning process. And if the idea of, we assume that certain things will be more lucrative than they are. Or you assume that if somebody runs a group practice, that they must oh, be yeah, making they must tons be of money. The money. They yeah. must be making yeah. tons of money. And I could tell that the margins could be a lot tighter than people assume. Mm. And that even, even to yourself, and I'm just talking now about the financial aspect of things, but the other bit is where do you get your, your sense of fulfillment? Mm -hmm. And I think of, uh, I've served on the state board for the Association for Marriage and Family Therapists in Tennessee before. I, I served in different roles, even president at one point. And the woman that succeeded me as president, uh, she's an excellent clinician, community leader, uh, she has so many amazing attributes to her. She's not a supervisor by choice. Uh, I have, I was, we were having a discussion because I was going through for MFTs, you have to go through a, a specific national credentialing process to become an approved supervisor under the American Association for Marriage and Family Therapist, AAMFT. And I was going through that process and I was talking to uh, my friend Robbie about this. And she was saying like, yeah, I have no vision or desire for that. And I really wanted to affirm her in that, not because I thought she'd be a poor supervisor. Uh, in a lot of ways, I think she would have been an excellent one. It was just that she had a sense of these are the ways I thrive. These, this is what I'm drawn to. I'm really not drawn to this, even though it was kind of expected for somebody in her phase of career that, of course, you do this. That it was and, expected, but she didn't want to. Yeah. I see it for therapists that like being long-term employees. People assume that if you become an established therapist with a good reputation, people want to, that of course you want to uh, go solo. And I've known so many therapists that resist that. Yeah, that resist that. And I've known therapists that gave into that pressure that they felt was what they were supposed to do and regretted it. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, yesterday who's a group practice owner. And he was talking about he has a few staff members, people that work for him that had tried to be solo providers and deeply regret it or deeply unhappy. They weren't they weren't making as good of a living, even though right. they were keeping all their income because there were all these they weren't as efficient. Not making all the income and a lot of extra responsibility. Yeah. And so they were they gratefully joined a group practice again mm -hmm. and to not have to think about. I've known several clinicians like that. Um. Last example for this is, is my friend, Bill O'Hanlon, who I do collaborations with. He's, a, he's been a very successful kind of thought leader in the psychotherapy space, has written 40 books at this point, uh, has contributed 
a lot of theoretical work to the solution-based approaches to therapy, to clinical hypnosis. And when I first got to know Bill, I realized that he, at that point, nor had he ever owned a group practice. And I thought, well, this, why not? Like, he's got this huge reputation. All these people want to see him. He can't see all these people. Why not have a group where you have other therapists that you can funnel people towards and you can you can grow a business that like that? And I just, I never understood that. And then I got to know Bill. And I understood that that would have been totally countered his personality. Mm. That he would not have enjoyed it, nor would he have been good at it. And if Bill's listening to this, he's, he'll not. He'll be like, yep, I wouldn't have enjoyed it, nor would I have been good at it. And it was good for him to recognize that. So hopefully these examples provide some, some flesh to that idea of the ideal journey is different for different people. And it, a different journey may be more appropriate for you later. You know, you're scaling as a therapist that may be newly licensed or even just fresh out of grad school may look way different than what it's going to look like for you in 10, 15, 20 years. And if we're right. still around, take the quiz again then in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, great. Well, I think we can wrap up the discussion here at this point. Uh, is there one thing you want people to remember about the, the, the therapist builder type quiz? Well, since you asked me, I'm going to steal yours. Okay. Uh, and you're going to have to come up with another one. Okay. I'll all think, outcomes I'll think are valid. All, all, outcomes are, yeah. all outcomes are valid. This is not a good or bad. And if you want to play with it and take the quiz multiple times, there are four different results you can get, as James highlighted at the beginning. But you can see what the different ones are. And uh, the, and, you know, like I said, I could, depending on my mood, I could probably take the quiz different times and come up with possibly all four answers, maybe one or two more than others, but, and it just, but we just want this to be a starting place for people. All incomes are, all outcomes are, are uh, valid. So that's mine. All right. Good. My one thing, I'm going to steal two quotes. One, one was your quote from Gordon. Don't compare your start or your beginning to somebody else's middle. Mm -hmm. I think that's so timely, especially when you're thinking about growing and how fear can creep in and the comparison battle. Uh, there's no win. Uh, Andy Stanley, when one of his podcasts said, there's no win in comparison or something like mm -hmm. that. Like if you're comparing yourself to others, you're always going to lose. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't compare yourself to others. Just be the best version of yourself. I, I stole all three quotes there, but <laughs> I stole mine. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. Be the best version of yourself. Don't compare yourself to somebody else's middle. You be you and be true to you. So we're going to wrap up here next week. We're going to talk about goal setting. That's going to be next time. Thank you for tuning into the Scaling Therapy Practice. We hope you found the information helpful and informative. Please keep in mind that the context of this podcast is for general information purposes only. It is not intended as tax or legal advice. If you have any legal questions or concerns, we strongly encourage you to consult with a qualified professional in your area. The Scaling Therapy Practice is a proud part of the SciCraft Network. This network of podcasts provides both self-help and business building resources to create an impact in the world and change people's lives. Check them out at SciCraftNetwork.com.